Bill Allison and Caleb Rose of Must Build Jacuzzi have joined The Antidote. Guys, good to have you here. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. we got to talk about your band. Must Build Jacuzzi brings in a lot of labels to your music. There's punk, ska, pop, ska core. If you were forced, though, which one of those would really describe your band? Uh, Probably, I mean, ska is definitely at the root, I'd say. Yeah, I think ska core is pretty accurate because we do have a lot of random hardcore, pop punk, like all of those heavier elements in there. So I think that would count. Uh, if you had to put it as one, only one gun to my head there, that's probably the one I would go with. <laughs> Why ska? What is it that appeals so much that you wouldn't want to go into rock or something else? Why does anyone do anything? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just something about it. It's the music I got into when I was younger, and that's what I've always tried to emulate. I'm sure Caleb has similar opinions there. What's fun, though, is that there's really no rule book writing the type of music that we write. Like, we don't really write a song and then say, hey, we can't play that because it doesn't have as many, you know, traditional Scott elements. We just kind of write what we want to play. So we'll have a structure of a song in mind and then we'll bring it to the rest of the guys and then we all just add our own, you know, flavor to it. And Scott is always at the, the root of it, but, you know, we go into like punk, hardcore, just anything that's the... I guess you could say underground alternative music style that's fast and loud and heavy. I should give you my history with Must Build Jacuzzi. I first saw your band in 2012 at the Final Cornerstone Festival. Oh, man. And in terms of a band, that's a lifetime ago. What about (laughs) taking us back to the beginning? How and when did Must Build Jacuzzi start up? Shortly before then. That was, what, 2012? So it was... 2011 yeah. yeah i mean there there's a period where if we're going real far back if that's what you're wanting to hear of we started in high school under the band name for the win so i don't know if that's ever been that's really way too far back that's very far back and then you know that was i'm trying to remember what year that would be 2009 basically the core of the band of myself caleb and then uh josh yeah. rose our trumpet player um, we've been together since high school, and then our trombone player, Ben, has been in the band since 2012, probably early 2012. And then our That's- sax player, Keaton, is also in the band early around that time. So that core of the band has been together for a long time in various uh, different groups. This has been the core people, and you've already yeah. maintained all of those over those years. It's because we've all just stayed really good friends and close to each other. We all met either in high school or outside of it in college. And, you know, the band isn't really like a business of, you know, just guys that we have to see every now and then to play a show. We're all just like the best of friends. Like we love to hang out. And I think that's something really helped us kind of keep the same guys around. Yeah, it's good when you're friends first and bandmates second. So that kind of helps everyone keep it light, keep it breezy and uh, actually want to still hang out and see each other. It's never work. And you've never wanted to push one of the band members off the stage during a set? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say that, but... I not wanted to push. I accidentally smacked Josh in the face one time when I was, uh, I was like, swinging my guitar around or whatever, and then I just, like, smacked Josh. And I was like, oh, dude, are you okay? Like, in the yeah. middle. If you're talking hitting people with your instruments on with a ska band, you got so many people on stage, you know, that's inevitable. 
it's always very, very crowded. Does that ever create chaos for the band, having that many people? Uh, it's definitely been chaotic at shows before, um, especially any kind of like house show or smaller venue. Like you just have so many people in a crowded area, which is it's fun. That's punk rock, you know. Get a ton of people in a small amount of room and get everyone dancing. But yeah, it's it's chaotic. Yeah, like when we play, you know, in a basement or something, and it's a little corner and the bands before us are either like a solo acoustic guy or, you know, like a three piece band. And then when we have our full lineup, when we go up there, we're like six people. So we, uh, just take up a lot of space. (laughs) Kind of the the other kind of challenge is transportation too. Um, for the longest time when we were going to out of town shows, we just had to split like three cars. We just had to pile our gear in the trunk and wherever else we could fit it and then fit the rest of us in. But recently we, uh, it's a really big blessing. Bill's dad, we rock, we rock the van these days. So we're, we're living the good life tour a lot easier when you're not doing a caravan. (laughs) I just think about the future when you get that monster tour bus and the 45 foot trailer to go along with you. Oh yeah. I'm sure that's going to happen. See, when we go to ska shows, I look at what the bands show up to those ska shows, The the big ska bands we like that have made it. I think I've seen one tour van of that entire time, and the rest, it's all like the 15 passenger. (laughs) Has there been any significant changes in Must Build Jacuzzi between those early days and what's happening now? Well, we can almost kind of play our instruments. That's Uh, a big step. (laughs) We definitely are writing, I think, tighter songs these days. The songwriting is way up there. Um, I think the live show is still chaotic but tight so yeah definitely i think just the level of musicianship and love for the craft has gone up uh since being in high school which i hope it would be uh but uh yeah i think we're all putting out better product and performing better i was gonna say i agree because you know like we've always been about just like having fun live and stage presence and stuff but you know there are a lot of times where we wouldn't really play well but we played fun and people afterwards, you know, we got a lot of, hey, you guys are really fun. And we were like, oh, okay, cool. And then, you know, just in the past few years, people have said, hey, I heard you guys a long time ago, but now I heard you and, like, caught my attention. So that's always kind of cool to hear. You can really see that fun during your sets because your shows are insane. You got everybody's moshing, singing, or skanking. Who's having more fun? Is it you or the crowd? Usually we're having fun if the crowd's having fun. and I'd, I'd hope it's the crowd, but I really, really, really enjoy it. So, And you do attract big crowds. I wouldn't say that, but... Okay, I'll people, say it for People you. like having fun, and people like seeing a band that has fun with it. It always gets people moving a little bit. Not saying, you know, there aren't crazy crowds for bands that, you know, don't really move a lot, but... I think it's just when, you know, we, we start playing, you know, we're sound checking or whatever and we're, we're kind of normal. And then we just start playing and it's not something we rehearse at all either. We don't really say, all right, how exactly crazy do we want to be? It's just what happens when we are all playing the music and feeling it. And I think the crowd just sees that like, whoa, they're having a lot of fun. I should have fun too. You know, a couple of years ago, I was wondering what the future was going to be for Must Build Jacuzzi. Because that's when he announced you were going on hiatus. And I really thought, oh no, the band's done. 
But it was just a break, not a breakup. What was the story behind that? Well, there was just a certain point uh, in all of our lives where it was really difficult to get everybody together to practice or play. I remember we had to play like four shows in a row, either with one horn or without a horn section entirely. So we, we just thought, well, maybe we could, the core of the band, stay together, but uh, kind of go under a different band name. When a hiatus is Must Build Jacuzzi, Austin, Bill, and I, we just started another band called The Butler Did It. And that only lasted for a couple months. And then Bill was in a music project at the time, but then I wasn't really doing anything. And then one time Bill texts me and says, we really should probably start doing Must Build Jacuzzi again. I was like, yeah, I think so too. It was just one of those things where everyone was so busy, except for like a couple of us were kind of able to make time for it. But it wasn't the same and it was fun to still kind of play shows, but it wasn't the same like feeling that we got when it was everyone. And then later on when everyone else kind of got more time and we were all able to do it again, it was like, well, yeah, let's, let's do this. And like Caleb had said, I tried to play in a couple other bands. We were doing other stuff, but I was like, man, this is not nearly as fulfilling as uh, playing with all my friends in must build. So that's kind of got that back together. So it took a little bit of time off there, retooled things. And I think we came back stronger than ever. Ska has been around for a long time. I mean, starting in the late 50s in Jamaica, and then Ska changed with the 70s British two-tone Ska, you know, where they combined punk with the Jamaican style. Must build Jacuzzi is third-wave Ska, more horn-based. Sorry, I guess it sounds like I'm teaching here. (laughs) Is the history of Ska significant? Well, I think on one hand, it's like, I love all waves of ska. I'm more, more akin to uh, ska punk because that's obviously what we play and that's what all my favorite bands are. But uh, even last week, I bought a Prince Buster, who was a early first wave ska artist. I bought a found a record of him. I got a Madness and like a the Specials record and like a couple other two tone bands. So I love all of it. But uh, I think it is important to just kind of recognize, you know, the roots. Whether that's through a what did Mustard Plug say? You got to recognize the roots. Uh, but it's something along the lines of you got to respect that, but you also don't, if you're more into the ska punk, which I am, like, it's okay to only really care about that stuff, I guess, in a sense. I need you two to tell me the truth. Were any of the band members even born when ska peaked in the mid-90s? <laughs> I think I'm the oldest one in the band, and I was born in 1992. So <laughs> I, I didn't start getting into music probably till I was... In seventh or eighth grade so Scott was yep. definitely uh on its way out at that point i didn't didn't really start listening to sky actually until high school yeah see i uh i got into music kind of young and then like by the time i realized that i really liked sky i was like oh cool what other bands are around and this was like 2005 and the year before five iron broke up and so i was like okay i guess i just won't see any bands and i'm too young to go find any small bands and punk venues so I guess we were old enough to to be technically alive during it, but not really of listening age. (laughs) Scott has this obsessed fan base. I remember being in New Hampshire, seeing a show because Five Iron Frenzy had rejoined and were playing a set. And I met with two guys that drove nonstop Los Angeles to New Hampshire just to see their set and then go back home. So it really is an odd thing about Scott. Yeah, I definitely think the uh, the fans of Sky are a little 
we'll twist it a little different, you know? It's uh, Once you have that, you're like, well, other music's good, but nothing is the same. So, and especially for a band like Five Iron, I could see why people would fanboy out that hard and go drive that distance for it. I think that's something that's cool, you know, since Sky isn't in its heyday anymore, and it's it's kind of more of a niche genre so then when there is a band that you really want to see play like with five irons getting back together that's probably up in bill and i's top favorite if not favorite band of all time so it's like you know when one of your favorite bands is playing you do whatever you have to do to go see them a funny thing about christian artists is that they came sort of late to the ska scene you already mentioned about five iron frenzy and there are guys like the oc supertones and the insiders all putting out really incredible music. Who are your favorite ska bands? Um, so the Supertones and the Insiders just didn't hit me the same way as Five Iron did, I guess. Because, uh, I mean, the OC Supertones have a very, especially in kind of their later albums, uh, kind of like a pop-centered... Uh, almost don't act like... Don't you dare act like you didn't cover Jury Duty in that yeah. band you put together like our freshman year of high school. I, I saw you do it. <laughs> I, tones. I've I've got the uh, Supertone Strike Back on vinyl that I bought at Audio Feed last year. Which uh, that's probably one of my top ten Sky albums of all time. It's so good. It's so good. But I'd have to say my favorite band. Not to cut you off, but my favorite bands, Sky bands, are uh, Mu Three Thirty and Mustard Plug. I think those are my two big ones, other than Five Iron. Five Iron's like my favorite band overall. And then when I'm like just Sky, Mu Three Thirty from St. Louis. They're amazing. And then Mustard Plug from Michigan, and they are just so good, both of them. And, of course, especially on this album, a band that we listen to a lot, um, We Are The Union, which is a ska-like pop-punk mix-up band. So, Well, I guess the OC Supertones must have done something for you because you actually covered one of their songs, Unite. Oh, way back in the day. you got to realize I'm a long-term fan of you guys. Yeah. That's, that's and I've rough. got some of your original stuff, but you've made a lot of your music disappear online. Yeah, that's what you do when it's terrible. You get rid of it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe at some point we'll release like a little, you know, we'll throw it back out there as just like a funsies or something. Say, hey, this is what we did in high school. Probably but, not. I don't know. It's it's when I I guess just since we're so not proud of that music, so if somebody's getting into us the first time, they're like, oh. I saw Mustville Jacuzzi. They were really cool. And then they search that and then they find one of the really old songs. They're like, oh, this is actually really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say about recording quality. Remember that I said I first saw the band play at Cornerstone 2012. And I met with Bill and asked about getting some of your music. And here he goes. He hands me a homemade CD with the track list scrawled on a piece of paper. But this is nothing like what you're doing with your new album, Last Place. It was just simply time to go professional? Well, we put out our our last EP. We did that DIY, but that was a little better, just production-wise, good for the actual, like, physical copies of it. But I think Last Place, like, we really put a lot of time and energy into this one, a lot of resources, and uh, we obviously had IndieVision backing us up here on this one. So, And Caleb did... A lot of the grunt work, um, so he could talk more to that. Yeah, because I pretty much every Mustville Jacuzzi album we've ever released, I've been the recording engineer, the mixing, the mastering. Like I've done all the studio work 
on all the albums and I can just see how much I've gotten better than before. Like in high school, I picked up a microphone because or we were like, hey, let's record something. And I'm like, OK, I guess I'll buy a one channel recording interface and a sure SM58 microphone and we'll see what happens. So I've just gotten better. I think over a few years, just trying to make music sound more professional and last place is definitely the best sounding thing that I've ever engineered. So I'm very, very proud of that. Here it's been all these years as being independent and now you hooked up with Indivision music, a big change for you then as a band. Uh, I would definitely say it's really, really cool. And like, obviously DIY is our roots and we still do pretty much a lot of stuff on our own, which is cool that Brandon and Indivision let us do that. Because normally you're doing everything yourself. So to have someone kind of in your corner helping you out and taking care of some things and like doing a lot of the grunt work and promo work, like it's awesome. I can't say enough good things about it. I was just going to say, yeah, working with Brandon's been a blast. We started recording Last Place in uh, August of 2017. And we didn't actually have a full plan as far as when we were going to release an album at that point. We had some new songs. And we were starting to record them. And then Brandon messaged us. He just said, hey, I see your recording. Hit me up. And then he said how he's been, you know, a longtime fan. He's heard us a long time ago. But, you know, he brought up this is kind of off topic, but not really. One of our songs was on a uh, an Indivision. It was called Ska Lives Volume One. Mm-hmm. That was just one of the very old songs. It was called Chill Out. I don't know if you have that on. No. Uh, stop this we don't speak of it yeah he he just said he's like yeah you know your other stuff was kind of you know immature and you know just kind of you know growing as a band he's like then i heard your chugs and nugs ep and was like you know that we kind of caught his interest and chugs and nugs was 2016 i think it was tail end of 2016 yeah i think it was october or something yeah and that's when you started to really see a change with the band at that point Another significant change really on last place is that I find most of your topics are really quite serious. You know, not that it isn't still fun, but the band's got into speaking about relationships, finding yourself, changing motivations, losing faith, even reminiscing about your days as a kid on Swing Set Summer. Is the world intruding on your fun? I wouldn't say intruding on our fun so much as giving us more uh, just worthwhile things to write songs about. Because I'd say, you know, we're growing up, you know, obviously we see the world a lot differently in our mid-20s than we did when, you know, we were in high school. You have more experiences, you you know, there's more just things that happen. You, You write what you know, and when you're young, you don't know anything. And then you get a little older and you think you know something and you still don't know anything. And I think that's how you go for the rest of life until you die. You get a little bit older and you think you know something. A few years later, you realize you didn't know anything. But what we know currently are those subjects you talked about. And it's like you're at that point where, especially in adulthood, where things that you used to understand and used to have this like not almost black and white understanding of the world. But you realize that a lot of things outside of like a couple of major things really are in a weird gray area and there's not a guide for how you need to do certain things or how you need to go about a love life or how do you figure out this or how do you keep your friends uh to keep faith and all this stuff and it's stuff we have experienced in the last probably like last year or two really 
that's what I think this album like really encapsulates. That's a major step to take. I know for myself, it really wasn't until I was much older than you guys that I was willing to accept the gray instead of just wanting everything black and white. Yeah, I think that's the process. I think a lot of life is the process part too, but the, the black and white's comfortable and the gray's not comfortable. And that's why it's, it's hard to deal with. And especially, I think, like on, I did uh, the song Armin Tamzarian on there. Um, and in that song, it talks about like everything that used to be easy is really strange now. And it's this new, not new understanding, but it's different. You don't really know what to do. Another of the serious songs that Must Build Jacuzzi has gets into faith and life on the song Smoke Rings, about a friend walking away from the truth. Is that an abstract song, or is it something personal you guys saw? Uh, a little I, bit abstract. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say names or anything, but there, there was a specific friend. You know, we were very close and close in the faith, and we'd, uh, you know, talk about Christianity together. We'd read the Bible and... And then all of a sudden, different paths of life happened and uh, kind of fell away. All you can do is, you know, keep praying for people. Yeah, I mean, that one definitely has uh, actual experiences in it. I want to put a twist to one of the lines from Smoke Rings. The lyrics say, You accuse the other people who aren't living by your own set of rules and your lifestyle. Isn't it true, though, that Christians get labeled that same way? Yeah, because when, when I that that line specifically means nobody wants to be told that they have a problem. Like if they have a destructive habit, kind of want to bring other people with them. So if you say, "Hey, you know, do this thing with me," and if you're like, "No, I, I'm not really comfortable with doing that," a lot of people respect that. A lot of people do, but there are some people who, you know, will say, "Hey, yeah, come on," you're like, "What? Why are you doing that? I'm doing it. It's fine. I'm I'm doing fine." I would say the people that are in Christianity that are those overt judges kind of miss the point of Christianity a little bit. They miss some, some key tenets in there. So not going to play no true Scotsman, but it's like, well, probably not living the faith very well if you're known for being judgmental. So that's not exactly what I see from Jesus too often. I think that's something all of us can just do better, not act as judgmental. I guess I've been curious about what keeps Must Build Jacuzzi going. And it seems the basis of that might come up into the track, Quit While You're Behind. Do you want to explain? Yeah, I mean, that song... So we went on a tour, pretty much our first tour. Last year, yeah. Winter of 2017. That was just a whole new experience for us. It was amazing. Like, you know, not all the shows were that great. I mean, you know, there was couple people at some but it was the whole experience as a whole was just really impactful and that that song you know there's there's some tongue-in-cheek there's some jokes in it saying like the chorus says you know why would i write these songs they'll never be heard just kind of saying you know if we we don't actually go out and play you know why are we doing what we're doing like we're this is fun we're touring we're together we're just hanging out and you know we love just like sharing what we do with people i think a lot of what keeps us going is cyclical and uh there are highs and lows and sometimes the lows really suck and after like a terrible show or we go somewhere and nothing was what we were expecting um you're like man why do we do this and then you have the one good show and everything flips and you're like okay this is amazing this is like the greatest feeling in the world so (laughs) we just chase that feeling a lot 
You were mentioning about joking a second ago. Something you guys are always doing is that you actually dump on your own music. One of your older releases was called Scott Isn't Dead, but if this doesn't do it, nothing will. Now the band has put out Last Place, and it has the song Third Out of Three Ain't Bad. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to believe Matthew 2016, you know, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Well, I wish we could say we had some, uh, you know, deep biblical thing in mind when writing that last place, but no. <laughs> we did have something deep and biblical. We might not have gotten last place at that Christian battle of bands, which inspired the whole theme of the album there. <laughs> oh, that wasn't serious about being third out of three. Uh, I think there were, there might have been like three or four bands at that one, but we were last place. <laughs> but. Last Place is fantastic. So before we close up, where do people find Must Build Jacuzzi and Last Place? You can find us at some shows coming up this summer. <laughs> but we'll, uh, I think the album's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, um, it's on Amazon Music, and it's also on Bandcamp, on our own Bandcamp at mustbuildjacuzzi.bandcamp.com, and also on Indivision's Bandcamp, uh, which I believe is just indivisionmusic.com. You can find their Bandcamp off of there. But we have all of the streaming available on there, all of the MP3 downloads. We have the CDs, which have come in. The CDs look great. Um, they look really, really good. Uh, and then we also have tapes that you can get off of Indivision or our own Bandcamp. We just got our tapes in today. This was pretty cool. Like we've, we've never had a tape release before, and it's just something that it's fun. <laughs> I love that. I know cassettes are back again, and if you want to be really indie, you've got to have the cassettes. Exactly. Actually, uh, I did not have a cassette player before this, and then Brandon from Indivision, he sent me a whole bunch of their back catalog music, he sent me like seven tapes. I'm really into vinyl, I have a bunch of CDs, but I just never got into tape, so I went to Goodwill and I bought a cassette deck. <laughs> Bill, Caleb, thanks guys for coming. Man, this has been a great talk and I'm loving the music. Thanks for being on The Antidote. Thanks so thanks much for, for having us. Not a problem.